Hi, welcome to the Arise podcast. My name is Tanya Anderson. I'm the CEO here at Arise. It's my real pleasure to have Nina Lutz with me. She is the Director of Independent Living Services here at Arise. Welcome, Nina. Thank you so much, Tanya. So when people think about Arise as an independent living center, they think as a center that we actually have residential programs, that people are living here somewhere, and it really couldn't be further from the truth. That's that's correct. As a Center for Independent Living, um, we are actually prohibited from having residential units because the entire point of our agency is to make sure that our communities are, are completely inclusive. And uh, as an independent living center, our philosophy is that individuals have the right to determine uh, their own destiny to make choices, to make their own decisions, and that includes to um, decide where they want to live, what they want to wear, what they want to eat, and when they want to eat it. And we are here to support people with disabilities to have those freedoms and those rights. And being an independent living center is really a special designation, isn't it? Yes, so Centers for Independent Living are either state or federally designated as a Center for Independent Living, and we have certain tenants by which we live, uh, and that is that, that, that our center is consumer-controlled or individually controlled by people with disabilities. So the majority of our staff and our board of directors are individuals who have disabilities themselves because the services are supposed to be directed by the people who use those services. And those are people who have disabilities. And that individual control, that's really encompassing people, any kind of disability, any age. How does that play out day to day here at Arise? So um, we provide services to anyone with any type of disability and any age. We also employ individuals with any type of disability, and it's really cross-disability based. So we're not specializing in any particular type of disability, but understand that disability is an experience that many people have in life, and we are having similar experiences when it comes to encountering barriers in the community. So every person, regardless of their disability, their ability to um, be physically active, uh, should have the right to participate in the community. And so our work is really focused on eliminating those barriers. And we do that through advocacy, either individual advocacy, or we do it through systems change advocacy. And systems change advocacy is really creating changes in policy, procedures, rules, regulation, laws, or the physical environment to make sure that everybody in our community has the opportunity to participate, to be successful, and also to fail, but to certainly try to be successful and chart their own course and pursue what you know, they would like to accomplish in life. Can you give me some examples of the systems advocacy successes that we've had? 
Yes, I think the very first one that I actually learned about, and that was before uh, I even started working at Arise, was that Arise was instrumental in helping Centro, our uh, public transportation system here in, in our region, to become accessible by uh, requiring or requesting uh, that they're putting lifts on the buses, which eventually happened, and Centro was one of the first uh, public transportation companies that actually became successful because advocates were uh, outspoken, uh, were creating barriers in the city, chaining themselves to buses, and making sure that people became aware that you know public transportation is for everyone. So those are systems changes that we have created. We've also worked with the city of Syracuse to uh, improve curb cuts, uh, making sure that we have uh, pedestrian crossings that are safer and audible for people who are blind. Uh, and we do, I mean, systems changes in school systems with businesses here locally. Uh, and we certainly work with our uh, local decision makers to take a look at policies, procedures, and regulations to, uh, to just improve life for people with disabilities in, in all areas. Of life. And I think the thing that's really cool about removing those barriers and increasing access is that it benefits all of us, not just the person with a so-called disability. Uh, that's true. I mean, you know, you, ha- you, you see when you have a curb cut, for example, it makes it a lot easier for, uh, you know, a mom who's pushing a stroller to cross the street. Um, you know, doors that open automatically are certainly beneficial when, you know, your hands are full and you're carrying your groceries. Uh, you know, we, we often, my own personal experience when I try to use the bathroom, I'm, you know, for those who, you know, don't know me, obviously, you know, I have a disability, uh, I use a wheelchair, but there are very often times when I go to the bathroom and I can't get into the accessible bathroom stall because somebody else is using it. Everybody wants to have the larger stalls. So it's, it's you know, it's just a testament that, you know, when you create changes and you make things better and more accessible, everybody will use it. Absolutely. And the other thing that I always think about is the disability community is really a community that we all belong to. So, yeah, disability, you know, and it may sound scary when you say it that way, but disability is part of life. I think when people, the older we grow, um, the higher our chance is that we at one point uh, in our life will have a disability. Some of us have permanent disabilities. Others may have a temporary disability. Um, disabilities, you know, it's, it's part of the continuum of life as I see it. And disability is not, you know, it's, it's, it's not a bad thing to have. You know, it's just, you know, some of us, we, we, we are born with it. Some of us acquire it during our lifetimes. It may need a little bit of adjustment, um, but life goes on and life can be incredibly enjoyable even when you do have a disability. It's, it's, it's just something that we as humans are, you know, incredibly uh, capable of adapting to. And the disability is usually not the issue. It's our outside environment that makes it difficult for us to function. And when those barriers are taken away, 
the disability really is no longer a disability. It's just a condition that of, of life that you live with. Absolutely. I, I always use that continuum concept in my own brain when I think about disability. And the other thing I always think about is just strengths and weaknesses. We all have different mm-hmm. strengths and weaknesses, whether it's uh, um, mobility, activity, whether, you know, I can't throw a baseball and it's got, right. that's not my strength. I have different strengths. That's mm-hmm. true of everybody. Right. And I think that, you know, I, I think as individuals with disabilities, we are sometimes held to, I almost want to say higher standards because, and I think it's self-imposed a lot of times, you know, you have to constantly prove that you are capable because other people look at you as if you are not. And there comes a certain privilege with with the years that have passed having a disability because once you can prove to yourself that you are able to do certain things, you you are not constantly in that having to prove to others that you can do it. And it becomes more acceptable to just be, you know, who you are. And that's where I said earlier, you know, we all want to succeed, but who defines what success is in somebody's life? You know, when you are great, when you're, you know, great at math and you, you know, you have the expectations that you get 100 on a test, that may be success for you. But, you know, when you're really not that great at math, getting a 65 and just passing the test may be fantastic. And you count that as your own success. So we always have to see who is imposing success and the, you know, the definition of success and the definition of failure on us. So what we really have been talking about is the whole concept of, of power, that people with disabilities have the power to define what their life is going to look like, define what success is going to be like for them. And we're circling back to the whole concept of the independent living philosophy, which underpins the work at Arise every day. Can you tell me a little bit more about the independent living philosophy and the, and the different elements of that philosophy? So the independent living philosophy really is based on you know, self-determination. We know that individuals with disabilities are, you know, have the right to make their own decisions, make their own choices. They're the experts. They're unique people. And just because people have maybe a similar disability doesn't mean that they have similar needs or similar abilities. And we need to be always conscious of that difference. When somebody comes through our front door, they're the expert. They are driving their own work, their own goals, and decide on which steps are being taken in order to achieve what they're coming to us for assistance with. we're also based on a peer model. Uh, it's not that you know somebody who has uh, more knowledge or is being seen as a non-disabled person making decisions for someone else. Um, we are individuals with disabilities who are providing support and guidance to someone else who has a disability. And the belief is truly that when you have walked in somebody else's shoes, you have the ability to relate and guide that person because ultimately we want everybody to have the ability to advocate for themselves to learn the skills to become as independent as possible and independence doesn't mean you have to do things on your own but that you have the choice 
to do what you can on your own and with the support that is needed. We also do, um, for us, it's, as we talked earlier, you know, it's, it's cross-disability that it is an entire community of individuals that is community-based. We are not trying to segregate or guiding people in a direction where they are, um, you know, their own little group, but making sure that people can participate in every aspect of the community that, you know, they wish to be part of. And it's what's really powerful, I think, is that these whole concepts of removing barriers and peer services have just permeated our society. I mean, you gave the examples about curb cuts that benefit everyone. The I- idea of peer services now is n- not just at a rise in independent living centers, it's really everywhere. And it just demonstrates to me how the world benefits from the work that Arise does. And another thing that I think is really cool about independent living centers is our civil rights orientation. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, advocates really took um, sort of the lesson from the civil rights movement um, because they saw the successes and um, when individuals with disabilities were not able to participate in, and it really started out in Berkeley, California, um, weren't able to go to higher education, university, college. Um, the thought was that by working with various entities and really bringing about awareness that people with disabilities have equal rights, um, that the first independent living centers were created. And so the f- the the need to really create an environment where everybody is being seen as equal, as having equal opportunity, and as being part of our community needed um, a lot of advocacy, needed a lot of um, speaking out, uh, demonstration, sit-ins, and those were the first activities that people really undertook because folks with disabilities weren't seen as equal and they weren't taken serious. So, uh, you know, there was a lot of um, a lot of loud voices, many loud voices that really uh, try to bring attention to the need for individuals with disabilities to be part of the community. And it was a very, very long, hard fight. Um, People with disabilities were the last group that actually received protection under the law against discrimination in 1990 when the ADA was passed and the Americans with Disabilities Act. And to this day, we still feel the need that we have to celebrate this act because we are still fighting so hard to get certain rights to people who have disabilities. Uh, it's just because it is, you know, written in law doesn't mean that it's necessarily executed very well. And I remember that when, you know, when the ADA was passed, we figured, yeah, eventually, you know, uh, agencies like ours would be out of a job because, you know, the, the world would maybe finally become, you know, equal to to everyone. But, you know, as we know, that, that hasn't happened. Um, and I think the... The hardest piece of bringing about change is changing the attitudes of the people around us. 
you know it's not it's it's easy to build a ramp it's easy to get a curb cut it's it's a little bit harder to maybe change some policies but it's how we as a society look at people who have disabilities that's the hardest thing to change that is so true and it just reinforces the value of the work that you're doing every day here at arise and thank you so much for that work and thanks for your time thank you tanya for more information on how you can support Arise, visit our website at ariseinc.org. Support Arise, support independence.